0: Good morning, Obehi, and to all your followers. I'm Dr. Latrice Adkins. I reside in Dallas, Texas.
1: Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi A14, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. I've
0: been writing grants. Uh, professionally since 1998. I do consider myself a professional grant writer. Of all the skill sets that I've developed over the lifetime of my career, uh, it's the skill set that I enjoy the most and uh, it's the skill set that has connected me uh, in the most meaningful ways to other people.
1: All right, thank you so much for that, La Trace. Now, uh, some people don't even know what is meant by grant. Can you explain that to us, please?
0: Great question. So there's a lot of misunderstanding, and I guess I should start, or maybe, with what a grant isn't, and then back my way into what it actually is. Uh, some people misunderstand grants as free money. Uh, my mom and my grandma, and if you were, grew, grew up in a in a, a community of color, they were very clear to tell you there's no such thing as free money. There's there's a catch. There's a you know something on the other end. So it's not just free money. A grant is a financial covenant. I love that word covenant coming from my Christian background. And a covenant is a promised connection, a bond, if you will. And so a grant is this financial covenant. If you don't like the religious overtones, I'll use the word contract. A grant is a financial contract. The funder has the money or the purse, as I call it. And the grantee or the person who received the grant has the purpose. So, when purpose meets purse, they form a bond. That bond is a financial covenant or a financial contract, an agreement that if I invest this money, if I give this money, if I make this money available to you, you will fulfill this stated purpose. Our agreement is that you're going to fulfill the purpose using. the the purse that I'm providing for you, the money that I provided for you. So it's not free money. It's an agreement. It's a covenant. It's a contract between the funder and the grantee or the recipient. And the basis of that relationship is the receipt of monies in order to fulfill a stated purpose. That's a grant.
1: Oh, right. That's great. So when are grants usually available?
0: Great question. So most grants, are on what we call funding cycles meaning that the majority of grants tend to be recurring Uh, grant season when a lot of grants are available tends to be the early spring so we're talking um, mid to late march to the end of summer so we're talking about january so between march I said January, I meant September, uh, the end of summer. So between March and September, a lot of grants are available. And when a grant becomes available, we call it the funding cycle. You can think of it like seasons. You know, we have four seasons, no matter where you live on the globe, what hemisphere, what continent you're on. There are four seasons. Now, the seasons in Antarctica may not be as diverse as the seasons in Maine, right, because it's Antarctica, but Antarctica still has a summer, right? And so these seasons, these cycles are reoccurring, and the majority of grants are typically available between March and September, but that's not the only cycle, that's not the only season of grants. I'll give you another example. The federal government, for the most part, the fiscal year of the federal government is from October 1st to January 30th. And so there are a lot of different funding agencies that constitute the US federal government and the funding cycles of those agencies differ. So you can't think, oh my goodness, I only have from March to September to apply. Well, it depends on the funder, the person making the monies available. But more than likely, they are on a cycle. They usually announce their grants in this month, and they're available to this month. And that cycle repeats itself every year. Every now and again, a special amount of money becomes available, and those grants are not on a cycle. Case in point, when our country was, um, without warning, hit, With a global pandemic, as everyone else was in the the, uh, world, right? Well, our presidents, first former President um, Trump and now current President Biden, they've made monies available. President Trump called his the Carols Act. CARES, C-A-R-E-S, CARES Act. And then President Biden continued to make monies available, but he didn't call it. He the CARES Act. He called it the American Rescue Plan, I believe. And so the grants that were available under the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan were specific to some situations that were going on at the time, right? And so those grants aren't on a cycle because they were special. So if you don't have a special incidence that creates pockets of money and buckets of money for people to compete for but it's just annual or usual you'll want to follow the funding cycle when that particular organization entity agency makes their grants available from this time this time you need to familiarize yourself with the cycle but you also need to stay abreast of when special monies become available that won't be on a cycle they only exist because they are tied to a certain circumstance like the pandemic
1: all right now um Another thing I was thinking is, um, what do you want to tell us about the eligibility of people who can uh, qualify for grants? Because I want to believe now that uh, it's not for everybody. Now,
0: usually, you're absolutely right. Usually, uh, the majority of grants are reserved for what we call 501c3 organizations. 501c3 is an IRS code. That code means that this organization is a profit, but it exists for the public welfare and the greater good. While a 501c3 can make money, can have profits, the point, the bottom line, the purpose isn't to make money. It's either to provide a good or service that the public needs, um, or it is to um help uh, the public in ways that will better the quality of life, if you will. So let me give you some examples. The American Red Cross is a nonprofit. Um, they respond to emergency situations and they help families who have been victims of hurricanes and floods, etc. cetera. Um, another a nonprofit, the Susan Coleman Foundation. They want to make people aware of breast cancer and, and increase our awareness and raise money to find a cure, race for the cure, right? Boy Scouts uh, of America is another one. There are many county hospitals and hospitals uh, across the country that are nonprofit hospitals, meaning they're not in it to make money. They're in it to provide a good or service. And so typically to be eligible for a grant, you have to be an organization, an entity that is serving a cause, a greater good, uh, and even if you're providing a product, it's not to sell the product. It's to again provide a service or a good, and the sale of a product is allowable. Uh, some people get confused and think if you have a nonprofit, that means you don't make money. Well, there are nonprofits that make multi-million dollars a year, and their CEO makes a million dollars a year. So it's not that you can't make money; it's that the purpose is not to make money. The purpose is not to profit. The purpose is to provide that good or service. And so that basically defines who's gonna be eligible for a grant. Rarely are businesses eligible for grants, but during uh, the pandemic, we did see some monies become available uh, for particular industries. There were monies available for people in the restaurant industry. There was money available for people who were in entertainment and theater and the arts because the government was saying, hey, we shut down all recreation, we shut down all entertainment, we shut down dining. How are people gonna survive if that was their livelihood and career? And so uh, our president put money aside so that those uh, individuals, those artists, those restaurateurs, those caterers, those food truck owners could apply for money and be able uh, to survive. They even had forgivable loans where you could, uh, ask for a loan, a uh, paycheck protection plan or PPP, and then pay your workers as well as yourself, and then you will apply for that loan to be forgiven. That loan was functioning like a grant. You received monies to achieve a purpose and you didn't have to repay it. So it functioned like a grant, but it was called a forgivable loan. For the most part, nonprofit organizations who have the Uh, tax status of 501C3, uh, the majority uh, of the recipients of grant monies. But there are occasions when others receive grants, 501, I think 5013B, and then some uh, businesses at certain times can receive money. But most of the time, it's because you are a 501C3 nonprofit organization, and that was determined by the IRS
1: that's great for people that are that are in this area and they need and they need money because of course we all need money to be able to run our activities now that if you are a purely uh business initiative you need to look for a way to raise your money and then you talk of profit then okay you go to pay back and the rest of it but I, I didn't ask you just now uh, when people uh get grants they never pay it back right
0: Correct. There are some occasions where if you have violated the covenant or the contract, they can ask for their money back because you did not fulfill the contract. You asked for $300,000 and you promised to uh, reach 500 fourth graders and within two years that they would be reading on grade level or above. You get to a year and a half and you've only reached 100 fourth graders and none of them are on level you might be in a situation where you might be asked to pay that money back uh, because you didn't fulfill the contract. There's also been times when grants have been awarded and the recipient did not expend the money in the time allotted. And so grants are not open-ended. You can hold on to this money, you know, for the next 10 years or whatever. You have a certain amount of time to accomplish the purpose that you stated in your grant application. And let's say you make it to that time and you accomplished the goal, but you didn't expend all the funds, they could ask for their money back. Again, I cannot stress enough that it's not free money. What it is, is a relationship, a financial relationship, a financial covenant, a financial contract that says, this is my purpose. I'm going to do this, this, and this by this date with this verifiable result, if I get X amount of dollars from you. And if those terms are not met, uh, then, you know, you've breached the contract. And sometimes there are consequences for that, like give the money back.
1: Mm -hmm. And that can be very harsh sometimes for people to hear. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. All right. So how can people assess uh, this money? Where can they find this money, this grant so they can apply for them?
0: Okay. I'm going to answer that question and, and and tag back just a little to a question you asked earlier with regards to, um, you know, how do you get informed? Where do you uh, get the grants? I heard you say, yeah, if you've got a for-profit business and for-profits typically are not eligible for grants, is there any nonprofit function that you could kind of, you know, Call out so that you would be eligible for grants. I thought that was a, a brilliant point, and I want to, you don't mind, Obehi, I want to go there and then talk yes. about. It. Okay. And so I'll give you some examples. Target, for those of you who shop at Target and you really love Target, you may call it Target like the rest of us because it is not like Walmart. Target can, can get pretty pricey. Well, Target also has a nonprofit. Uh, corporation, meaning so Target is for profit, but then they have a nonprofit that gives grants and makes awards to community organizations, particularly those who are improving um, uh, community uh, economic outcomes, right? Uh, Walmart, you know, Walmart, they make what? a quadrillion dollars or whatever, you know, they make. Well, Walmart also has a foundation and Walmart, uh, gives grant awards to nonprofit organizations who have the 501c3, uh, status for projects that they, that they value. So ExxonMobil has a foundation, uh, Racetrack has a foundation. You guys, if you think of any, uh, particularly multinational corporation, more than likely, they have a foundation, meaning they have a for-profit that's all about business, and then they have a foundation. They have another entity whose goal it is uh, is to make some sort of service or product that is for the common good. Typically, the foundation reflects the business that, that they're in. So, for example, ExxonMobil cares about environmentalism, clean air, uh, rec- reducing carbon. Uh, so, the, the areas in which they give their grants kind of align to the reason they're in business, right? Similarly to Target, And so when you look at a nonprofit organization that's attached to a multinational company, the areas in which they want to give the grants that they award are somehow connected to the business that they're in. What does that mean for your followers and your listeners or baby? If they are in business, meaning they have an enterprise, they're an entrepreneur, and there is no nonprofit arm, there is no auxiliary, there is no uh, augment to it that's about improving the community, they might wanna consider creating A 501c3. It would have its own EIN, its own um, in your state, wherever you are, its own certificate of formation as a nonprofit corporation. And then you would apply to the IRS to get your 501c3. You can even keep it the same name as your business name, but slap the word foundation on the end or charities uh, on the end um, so that people are able to distinguish between your for profit enterprise, you as a small business owner, Uh, and this uh, nonprofit that you have. And then just make sure that the purpose of the nonprofit relates to the reason you're in business, but the nonprofit provides a good or service. And again, that doesn't mean you can't charge for the good or service. You can't make money. But the point is that it's not about the profit. It's about providing that service. So now let me get back to Uh, The question you raised, how how do people begin to figure out where the grants are? Well, I'm going to answer that question by explaining that there are three huge buckets of grants. And then I'll tell you how you can begin to figure out uh, what's going on. One bucket is uh, what I like to call the private foundations, meaning that these are funds that are held either by a family, a very, very wealthy family, a very very wealthy individual or an organization that manages the money on behalf of that wealthy individual or um that wealthy family so here in dallas we have like 15 billionaires in dallas county i'm not exaggerating there are 15 billionaires last count
1: that's in <laughs> interesting
0: mean, in one county we have 15 billionaires and so one of our billionaires is mark cuban who owns the Mavericks. And so Mark Cuban created uh, the Maverick Foundation. The Maverick is a sports franchise. It owns stuff and it sells stuff and it does games and it has these people on its roster who play for them, right? But Mark Cuban is also a philanthropist. He cares about what's going on in Dallas. And because of his business, which is the sports business, his nonprofit cares about athleticism, the health of children, education, uh, computer literacy. And so the majority of the grants that the Maverick Foundation gives are in areas that reflect the heart of the owner, the man who who owns the Mavericks, right? And so these private foundations uh, tend to be held by either an individual who's wealthy, a family that's wealthy, or an organization that manages the philanthropy of that wealthy individual or um, that wealthy family. So private foundations are one pot of money. Then we have corporate foundations. I explained that most multinational companies have a foundation. Bank of America has a foundation. ExxonMobil has a foundation. Walmart has a foundation. Target has a foundation. So when you uh, look at what you're interested in with regards to uh, what good or service you're going to do to better mankind or better your community or help stray animals or help people with Alzheimer's, whatever weighs on your heart, you want to look for the for-profit multinational companies that care about that same thing. Because I can guarantee you, That if that multinational company cares about that same thing, their nonprofit and foundation gives grants to nonprofits who also care about that. So we have private foundations owned by a wealthy individual, a wealthy family, or an organization that manages the philanthropy of the wealthy individual, wealthy family, private foundation. Then we have corporate foundation, multinational companies that also have a nonprofit um, function, and they give grants as well. The last pot is the biggest pot. It has the most uh, uh, stable and recurring grants in it, and they're kind of tough to get as well. That's the public area. In the public area, we have federal grants, which tend to be multi-million and multi-year or six-figure and and multi-year. And then once you get in with an agency and they give you some money, you tend to kind of be their pet and it's easier and easier to get money year after year. Then we have state. So your particular state will give grants in various areas. Then we have county and then we have city. So these public grants, basically, and you might be thinking, Dr. Atkins, you're making this up, is your money. It's my money and it's your money. Those public grants are tax dollars uh, at work um, from things that were sold, there were taxes to paying, paying income tax, to recreation tax, to luxury taxes, all that money making money. And so the federal grant, the county, uh, the federal, the state, the county, and the city are your money and my monies. And those monies are supposed to go to people who have a purpose to improve the federal government, the state, the county, the city, et cetera. I explain the public money this way, that when someone is awarded a grant, the funder If it's the federal government, your state, your county, your city, I guarantee you the funder believes you can do one or two or both of these things. I guarantee it. They believe that if they award you that grant, you can save the federal government, the state, the county or the city some money. Okay? or they're giving you that money because they believe if they give you that grant, you're going to be able to generate money. For the federal government, the state, the county, or the city. I'm going to give one example. Obey, okay, then I'm going to let you ask your next question. So let's say that uh, your issue is lung cancer because your grandpa died of lung cancer. You loved him so. And if he hadn't smoked cigarettes, he probably wouldn't have died. And it just really crushed you. And you've decided to create uh, a nonprofit to promote smoking cessation. You want people to stop smoking, right? All right. So you contact Philip Morris. Philip Morris is one of the biggest and oldest uh, tobacco producers, and they also have a nonprofit. And you explain to uh, Philip Morris that you have started this nonprofit, that what you really want to do uh, is target 15-year-olds, because your grandpa was 15 when he started smoking, and you want to teach them about other ways to deal uh, with stress and cope and self-soothe as opposed to smoking. And you're going to do that because you believe over the next 20 years, you're gonna avoid uh, at least 10% of the people in your town developing lung cancer because you started a smoking cessation uh, program for 15 year olds and taught them how to self-soothe without nicotine. When they receive your grant, Philip Morris looks at it and they think, wow, then if that happens and 10% less people get lung cancer, Perhaps we'll have to do 30% less uh, advertising uh, against smoking, because in that town, we'll have this, this cohort of young people who are really healthy and have great lungs, and maybe we can save some money on our advertising dollars, because we can promote that story as opposed to working against the negative. You get that grant. Then you decide to send an application to the Centers for Disease Control and prevention, the CDC in Atlanta, and you say, hey, I got a grant from Philip Morris, and i worked with 15-year-olds, 300 of them, and it's been about 10 years, and they still haven't smoked, and our local health department is saying that because of that, we have saved about, you know, $100,000 in, in 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 people going to the county hospital, because, you know, these 15-year-olds who are 25 now, they don't have, you know, problems with it up. The CDC is going to say, wow, now that program working in that little town for 10 years save $100,000 in emergency room costs. I wonder if we give them a grant and they expand it to their whole state, we might be able to save $300 million in that state if we launch. Do you get my point? So nobody's giving anybody anything. When you get a grant from this public sphere, I guarantee you, they're looking at you and saying, this one. Is going to save us some money over time. Or they're thinking, if we support this project or this plan, it's going to generate money because people are going to be able to work longer. People are going to be able to work harder. People who were not in the workplace are going to get in the workplace because she's going to solve a problem. So it's not free money. Basically, if it's coming from the public sector, I guarantee you, it's an investment. Because you've got an idea that's either going to save money at the federal, state, county, or municipal city level, or you're going to end up generating money at the federal, state, municipal, county, or city level. That's the game. I wish, Obehi, that it was more idealistic and laudable and altruistic. I wish that I lived in a country where people really care about people living long and having quality of life and kumbaya, let's all sing hands. But I don't. I don't. I don't know about you. I live in the United States of America and it's about coins and paper. That doesn't mean people are godless. That doesn't mean they're horrible. It doesn't mean that at all. But I'm a realist. And in this reality, my country cares about money and my country wants to either save money so we're not wasting it or make more of it. And as a person who's looking to get into nonprofits and to win grants, you don't need to be thinking it's going to sound harsh. You don't need to be thinking about the poor animals. You don't need to be thinking about the people with, with uh, Alzheimer's. You know what you need to be thinking is, how is what I'm about to do or propose going to save my government money, either at the federal, state, municipal, county level, or how is it going to generate income and get people you know, in better places financially. You can still care about your issue, but I'm saying to you that your motive, if you want some grant money, should be, how is what I'm thinking about? How is what I'm about to do? How is the problem I want to solve either going to save us money or generate money? And then be able to talk about that in quantifiable terms, if you want to win. Lastly, I call myself a grant winner, not to be braggadocious or arrogant, but anybody can write something on a piece of paper. Anybody can be a grant writer. I'm a grant winner. When I put the pen to paper, I write to win. And I'm sharing with your followers and your listeners, Obey what I learned the hard way. It is not about that sob story. What it's about is being aware of what our government's priorities are. And those priorities are to keep us all well financially uh, more than anything. And I need to explain how I am in a position to do that, either to save us money or make us money by looking at this problem that can solve. All good grants should be solving a problem. And at the end of the day, if it wins, if it's fundable, I guarantee you it's because it's either gonna save money, make money or both.
1: Now, I think another thing that is important now is uh, the writing of the grant itself. What do you want to tell us about that? How do you write a grant? Okay.
0: Most grant applications provide you some questions and the questions go along these lines. What is the need, state the problem. What is the need, state the problem. Then the next question is, uh, what is your organization's history? Then another question is um, give us an example of the types of programs that you have done and the projects that you've completed. Another question, what are the objectives of your proposed program or project? How will you measure success? So most grants then are basically a Q and A, a Q and A, a conversation on paper between someone who knows nothing about you and what you do So that you have to communicate it in a way that by the time they finish reading your application, they have a clear picture of not only what you do and how you do it, but why you deserve uh, their money, their grant. If I were to summarize it simply, I would say that grant writing is a lot more technical uh, than narrative or story writing. When I first started, I love to give everybody the backstory. I would just write page after page after page. I mean, just rich in detail and eloquent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's not what they wanted. They wanted me to answer the question. And so if you want to practice before you uh, have some high stakes, meaning that I wouldn't suggest starting a nonprofit with no money and then be you know, quitting your job, thinking I'm going to get all these grants. If you want to do it in a low stakes way, I would apply for like three and $4,000 little grants. Walmart has a $2,500 grant, for example, and get used to answering the question, writing specifically to the question. So grant writing is technical. It's a and A. I I can give you an example. When you put together a table, a chair from Ikea, they don't say, hi, welcome to Ikea. We're so glad you made this purchase. As you put together your table, we hope that you have a fabulous experience. No, they don't. It's pick up A, pick up B, then do C, then do D. Here's how it looks. If yours don't look like this, go back to A. And it's pretty much like that. It's I started this organization because since I've started, I've been able to do this. One thing that I haven't done is this. With this added money from you, I will be able to add this. And so it's very technical. It's very um, A and B, C to D kind of thing. The other thing, and then we'll go on because I've got to hop off in eight minutes, is that there's an acronym that really, really helps when you're writing grants. It's S-M-A-R-T. It stands for SMART. And the S stands for specific. The M stands for measurable. The A stands for attainable. The R stands for realistic. And the T stands for time phase. A SMART, measurable, attainable, realistic time bound plan so when i write grants and when i do my writing workshops obey i tell people that you need to be able to explain what you're doing and if you don't see any numbers letters or figures numbers excuse me numbers uh figures statistics percentages your story is not coming out right you need to be able to say Within the first six months of receiving a grant, I will recruit 52-year-olds. Of the 52-year-olds that I recruit, 25% of them will be from low to moderate income housing. Do you see how I did that? And so that's how you have to talk. I'm talking specifically when, specifically how much, specifically to what extent, Specifically, and so you have to train yourself to answer the question. Answer the question. Then you have to train yourself to answer that question smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time phase. So I'm gonna stop there. You have my uh, email, uh, Obehi. If there's any of your listeners or followers who want the free a grant writing guide that I have. I have a 200-page writing guide. It's digital. I can just email it to you. Uh, And then I do free workshops here in Dallas. I can give you the schedule. um, And you can either show up in Dallas or you can, you know, catch us, you know, on Facebook Live or whatever. Uh, But, yeah, I love talking about grants and I love sharing this skill set.
1: How are are grants actually awarded? Do you want to say anything about that? Okay. So we said that a grant is not free
0: money, right? We said that it's a financial covenant, a financial agreement, a financial contract, right? Well, it can come in various forms. So the grant can come as a grant, and usually that's either a lump sum of money at one time or payments over time. A grant can also be a cooperative agreement With the cooperative agreement, the funder is a lot more engaged than when a grantor just gives you the money. So the funder might uh, do some trainings with you. They may uh, fly and make some observations. Sometimes a cooperative agreement is also more of a reimbursement type of grant, meaning that you spend your money first, then give us the receipts and report, and within two weeks or 30 days, we give that money back to you. So sometimes uh, it's in that uh, kind of form. Um, Sometimes a grant can be in services and goods, meaning that you really didn't get any money, but they gave you $20,000 worth of free legal advice so they granted you it they gave it to you and that team of lawyers is never going to send you a bill and you'll keep coming to them for legal advice up to twenty thousand dollars worth so you can have a straight out grant lump sum of money or one that's paid over time you can have a cooperative agreement where the funder is really engaged in the project and they're working alongside of you and or you expend money and they reimburse you uh, for the money you spent or a grant can be in the form of in-kind donation and services. It's a value that you have and that grantor gives you the value and products or services as opposed to uh, cash money or a cash award. Um, yeah. And there are a couple of more, but th- that's enough for now. Uh,
1: what will be your final thoughts here in regarding a grant?
0: <laughs> well, I would love for people to check out my website, and I'll say it slowly. BelovedCommunityCenter.net. Beloved, B-E-L-O-V-E-D. Community is standard spelling. Center is standard spelling. BelovedCommunityCenter.net. On my website, you'll see... Um, an explanation of the kind of work that I do. And on my website, I'll also be posting the free grant writing workshops that I do in Dallas. And I'll do some virtually as well. I've only done them in person. I confided in OBEHI when we first met I'm old. I'm not a techie. I don't get a lot of stuff, you know, podcasts and fancy things. But I do want to make this information accessible to our people, to our community. So I promise your listeners, your viewers, your followers, I will have some virtual grant writing workshops that you can attend and I'll be posting them on my website. For now, I have a 200 page resource. It's completely free, no advertising. I don't save your email. I'm not going to sell you anything. I'll just give it to you. And then as you go through it, if you have questions, You can email me and I can just be your like grant writing tutor mentor coach if you want until you have your, your legs under you and you're good at it. Uh, I, I want uh, people to be successful who have these passionate things laying on their heart to make people's lives better. That's that's amazing that you, that you feel that way and you want to do it. And there are other people who feel that way too. And I would love to be a part of connecting the two of you uh, on this journey. Thank you, Obahi, for letting me come on your show and share my passion.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure here. Thank you. I really appreciate your time.
0: Okay, bye, guys.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay, bye-bye. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review overhead podcast, and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obihe A14. Thank you so much for listening, and talk to you in the next episode.